Okay, hello everyone and welcome to our last lecture for Phil 2500 Introduction to Feminist Philosophy Pandemic Edition. So, I mean, first of all, thank you so much for such a great semester. I wish we could have spent more time together in person and, uh, and less time just talking into my Zoom recorder, although thank you to my sister Libby for lending me that. Um, okay, so let's Let's get to it. So this last paper that we're talking about is by Gloria Anzaldúa. And I thought it would be a fitting end to our semester because it's really, I mean, it's a call to write, a call to write your own, uh, your own thought about your own thoughts and your own experiences and also a couple good digs at academia. So you know, that's always fun to talk about in academia. And, uh, and I also was ex really excited to read something by Gloria Anzaldúa, who's a really awesome feminist theorist and poet and uh, queer Chicana writer. So I'll just tell you a little bit about her. Gloria E. Anzaldúa was a queer Chicana poet, writer, and feminist theory. She passed away in 2004. Her poems and essays explore the anger and isolation of occupying the margins of culture and collective identity. Ansel Dua has been awarded the Lambda Lesbian Small Book Press Award, a Sappho Award of Distinction, and an NEA Fiction Award, among others. She is the author of several books of poetry, nonfiction, and children's fiction. Her book, Borderlands slash La Frontera, The New Mestiza, and her essay, La Prieta are considered to be groundbreaking works in cultural feminist and queer theories. With Cherry Moraga and Zaldúa co-edited the landmark anthology This Bridge Called My Back, Writings by Radical Women of Color in 1980, published in 1981. So the, th the piece that we're reading by Anzaldúa is called Speaking in Tongues, A Letter to Third World Women Writers. She begins, it is not easy writing this letter. I have not yet unlearned the esoteric bullshit and pseudo-intellectualizing that school brainwashed into my writing. How to begin again? How to approximate the intimacy and immediacy I want? What form? A letter, of course. My dear Hermanas, the dangers we face as women Women writers of color are not the same of, as those of white women, though we have many in common. We don't have as much to lose. We never had any privileges. We can't transcend the dangers, can't rise above them. We must go through them and hope we won't have to repeat the performance. Unlikely to have friends in high literary places, the beginning, the, er, the woman of color at the beginning of their writing life is invisible both in the white male mainstream world and in the white women's feminist world, though in the latter, this is gradually changing. The lesbian of color is not only invisible, she doesn't even exist. Our speech too is inaudible. We speak in tongues like the outcast and the insane. And the role of language in, in othering or including is something that we've seen repeatedly in um, in the article that we just read, the other article for this week, the Kimmerer, who talked about the grammar of animacy, 
And then also in ideas like um, testimonial smothering and um, epistemic uh, testimonial injustices. Because white eyes do not want to know us, they do not bother to learn our language, the language which reflects us, our culture, our spirit. The schools we attended or didn't attend do not give us the skills for writing, nor the confidence <clears throat> that we were correct in using our class and ethnic languages. And maybe one thing to think about is how whether this is intention or how this fits with um, Bell Hooks' view about how academia and the classroom can actually be a radical place, a place for uh, radical thinking and learning, um, critical thinking, and and whether I mean whether we think that idea is is possible, or how Gloria uh, and Enzo Dua's is she offering a challenge to this idea about the nature of language that has to be taught or the kind of cl the cloth that um, radical teaching has to wear in a classroom academic setting? The voice recurs in me. How dare I even consider becoming a writer as I stoop over the tomato fields, bending, bending under the hot sun, hands broadened and calloused, not fit to hold the quill, numbed into an animal stupor by the heat. How hard it is for us to think we can choose to become writers, much less feel and believe that we can. What have we to contribute, to give? Our own expectations condition us. The white man speaks. And I thought this was a really um, powerful phrase about scraping the dark off your face and bleaching your bones and stop speaking in tongues and Enzel Dua says perhaps if we go to university become male women which I mean I think that's an interesting an interesting phrase to think about what um, becoming male woman might mean to Enzel Dua here in this uh, in this sentence or as middle class as we can, give up loving women. We will be worthy of having to say, of having something to say worth saying. Above all, do not be simple, direct, nor immediate. Why do they fight us? Because they think we are dangerous beasts. Why are we dangerous beasts? Because we shake and often break the whites' comfortable, stereotypic images they have of us. The third world woman revolts thought this was also a really powerful powerful phrasing we will vomit the guilt self-denial and race hatred you have forced force fed into us right back into your mouth we are done being cushions for your projected fears we are tired of being your sacrificial lambs and scapegoats really i mean really beautiful such powerful writing really fun to read i thought I realize that many of us women of color who, are strung, who have strung degrees, credentials, and published books around our necks, Anzal Dua says, like pearls that we hang onto for dear life, are in danger of contributing to the invisibility of our sister writers, La Vendita, the sellout. And I thought we could think about this in terms of um, as a double bind in the language of double bind. Right. So she, here she's talking about women of color who have made it as writers. And then that success 
seems to kind of automatically turn them into sellouts. Um, but then you have this kind of, so if you write and write well and become successful, as actually An- Ansel Dua did herself, then do you, uh, as you automatically become a sellout? But then here she is telling wim- um, women of color to write. And, um, and I think she wants and thinks that they can write well, obviously. So we, we might think of that issue in the language of the double bind, which is something we came across in an earlier piece. Anzal Dua writes, The danger of selling out one's own ideologies. For the third world woman, and um, you might also want to think about wh- why, why Anzal Dua uses that term third world woman to capture this group of women of color. Why, why might third world woman seem like an appropriate label for the group she wants to speak to, the group she wants to address. So she says, for the third world woman who has at best one foot in the feminist literary world, the temptation to adopt ideas preached by the white feminist establishment is strong. Its followers are notorious. Its followers being um, white feminists like me are notorious for adopting women of color as their cause while still expecting us to adapt to their expectation and their language. Which, I mean, what want to think about, maybe want to think about this context, right? I'm a white feminist who's been teaching a very diverse class um, and asking you all to meet my expectations and conform to an academic language. So... Maybe Anzal Dua has a criticism for me here. It takes tremendous energy, she writes, and courage not to acquiesce, not to capitulate to a definition of feminism that still renders most of us invisible. And one thing we talked about at the beginning of class was um, our definition of feminism. What is feminism? And uh, I told you that that will be a at least a bonus question on the final exam so we can see whether we have um, capitulated to a definition of feminism that renders most women visible most um, third world women in this context that's what Anzal Dua means by us she writes we cannot allow ourselves to be tokenized we must make our own writing and that of third world women, the first priority. That's kind of neat, third and first. We cannot educate white women and take them by the hand. Most of us are willing to help, but we can't do the white woman's homework for her. That's an energy drain. And that's also a, um, a sentence on the relationship between marginalized and privileged people, which is something we've looked at with Bell Hooks and Lugonis and Spellman, for example. And here we have Ansel Dua, who is saying, okay, most of us want to help. So there's um, community and maybe the potential for solidarity and working together. But then she says we can't do um, the privileged people's homework for them. It's interesting to think about what kind of homework that might be like. 
listening to these things and read and reading her work maybe can't and and other uh, marginalized people's work could be that might be a good candidate for homework we are in danger she writes of being reduced to purveyors of resourceless why am i compelled to write because writing saves me from this complacency i fear because i have no choice because I must keep the spirit of my revolt and myself alive. Because the world I create in the writing compensates for, the real, for what the real world does not give me. The act of writing is the act of making soul, of alchemy. It is the quest for the self, for the center of the self, which we women of color have come to think of as other, the dark, the feminine. We internalize this exile, we came to see the alien within us, and too often as a result, we split apart from ourselves and each other. And this is a theme that we've seen in um, other writing as well, right? The way that we're shaped by, we're all shaped by these oppressive systems. Uh, and these ideas are internalized, and often these become invisible to us. So I think about the bell hooks piece where she talked about how women hating women is an act of sexism but lots of times i think our our actual lived experience of that seems like it's just something that is um coming from us and the threads of these thoughts and experiences to our social world to these systems that we live in are lots of times those things are invisible and really hard to see which is where writing and um and i mean so many other forms of art also do this i think this is a good uh this is a good message not just about not just for people who want to write but for all kinds of art making writing enzel dua says surprises her shocks her into knowing some part of herself that she's kept secret even from herself we must use what is important to us to get to the writing no topic is too trivial the danger isn't is in being too universal and humanitarian and invoking the eternal to the sacrifice of the particular and the feminine and the specific historical moment and we can think about that line as capturing one of the central criticisms of Beauvoir that we looked at, uh, that we looked at about um, being too universal. The danger is in being too universal and sacrificing the particular. And we might also think about that as one way to revive Beauvoir's work, which is to think of it not as universal, but as a, as a story of the particular and what we might learn from it as a as a story of particularity while you wash the floor or clothes listen to the words chanting in your body when you're depressed angry hurt when compassion and love possess you when you cannot help but write write distractions all that i spring on myself when i'm so deep into the writing when i'm almost at that place that dark cellar where some thing is liable to jump up and pounce on me. Eating, she writes, is her main distraction, which is something I very much identify with. It's too easy, Enzel Dua says, 
blame it on the white man or white feminists or society or on our parents. What we say and what we do ultimately comes back to us. So let us own our own responsibility, place it in our own hands and carry it with dignity and strength. No one's going to do my shit work. I pick up after myself. Writing is dangerous because we are afraid of what the writing reveals. The fears, the angers, the strengths of a woman under a triple or quadruple oppression. Yet in that very act lies our survival because a woman who writes has power and a woman with power is feared. And the revealingness of writing is also something that I've mentioned in other podcasts, which is a really fun part of philosophy, which is not supposed to be a revealing form of writing. It has this kind of air of scientific objective writing in lots of uh, in lots of parts of it, and even in this, in its style, it has a detached kind of style, but it's still, but it is a revealing thing to write. To share your ideas is uh, revealing and makes you vulnerable, even if it's not about the ideas themselves, but just about the writing style or worry about sentence structure or grammar. Um, so I think this is a, this is an idea that we've, um, seen before in this class. So Anzal Dua says, I have never seen so much power in the ability to move and transform others as from that of the writing of women of color. And I, I hope that's something that we've seen in, in this class throughout the semester, because we've read some, I think really powerful pieces by brilliant absolutely brilliant women of color and and uh and i think we've seen that power firsthand the writing possesses me and zeldua says and propels me to leap into a timeless spaceless no place where i forget myself and feel i am the universe this is power it's not on paper that you create but in your innards in the gut and out of living tissue Organic writing, I call it. I say, mujer magica, empty yourself. Shock yourself into new ways of perceiving the world. Shock your readers into the same. Stop the chatter inside their heads. There is no need for words to fester in our minds. They germinate in the open mouth of the barefoot child in the midst of restive crowds. They wither in ivory towers and in college classrooms. And I think this is a really um, important criticism of college classrooms like ours, where, you know, I have to write instructions for assignments that are uh, narrow and um, there's, you know, grades attached, which is a really, which is a weird thing to attach to a, a process like learning to write and think. But um, maybe we can think of ways in which college classrooms and ivory towers don't have to crush or wither uh, powerful words or thoughts. And I, I mean, I think that we've seen examples of um, counterexamples. So we've seen counterexamples to this in the, 
you know, I think, I mean, Bell Hooks obviously immediately comes to mind, who I think is a writer who really found um, an uh, amazing balance between clear, non kind of jargony, academic sounding writing, and then really deep, powerful, important thoughts uh, that reached a wide audience, but were also academic and, um, and, you know, maybe we can think about what, what makes something academic and something else not. So Enzel Dua finishes by saying, throw away abstraction and the academic learning, the rules, the map and compass, feel your way without blinders to touch more people, the personal realities and the social must be evoked. Not through rhetoric, but through blood and pus and sweat. Find the muse within you, the voice that lies buried under you. Dig it up. Do not fake it. Do not try to sell it for a hand clap or your name in print. So that's the end of this reading and the end. And this will be my last lecture for the class. And yeah, thank you so much for being on this for being in this class with me over these three months it has been an unusual three months for lots of reasons and um, this has been a real light in my day reading and um, making these recordings to send out into the void and we will have a uh, optional zoom class next week on wednesday to go through things and prep for the exam final exams will come out on friday um not sorry not this friday but next friday april 9th and then they'll be due a week um later on april 16th so thank you so much i really missed seeing your faces and um, I wish I had the opportunity to get more to get to know more of you in person and face to face, but I've really had a good time, and I hope you've too, and maybe learned a thing or two and thought about things and read some really awesome feminist philosophers, whatever that means, right? So thank you so much, and uh, have a great summer.